Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show, which is now in its 11th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8 p.m. on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web. Here is a recorded interview first played on the 19th of August 2016 by Ian Salick with District Governor Neville John of Rotary District 9800. Now it's my great pleasure to welcome back to the program a wonderful, hard-working humanitarian, the 2016-17 Rotary District Governor of District 9800, Neville John. Neville has had so many roles in Rotary and has now capped it off by becoming the very popular and universally respected district governor. He is leading a district of nearly 3,000 members. We spoke to Neville in December last year in his capacity then as district governor-elect, and in June he was formally inducted as district governor, so we thought it was time for an update on Neville's very busy start. Neville... A very warm welcome to the 94.1 FM 3WBC microphone. Thank you, Ian. It's wonderful to be back. And it's great to have you with us. This evening we'll be having two interview segments with Neville. The first will be to get to know the man. And then in a second chat we will ask Neville to give us some insights into his aims and special areas of focus in this, his 2016-17 year, as Rotary District Governor in District 9800. So let's kick off and uh, first of all ask you, Neville, where you were born and was yours a large family? Well, Ian, I was born in Melbourne, in the northern suburb of Reservoir, and I have four other siblings, three brothers, one sister, so five children, two parents who are still alive and kicking and very well. So yeah, it was a pretty large family. Where do you come in that uh, group of uh, siblings? Are you the oldest, the youngest? Second to the eldest, and the, uh, the rest are all Collingwood supporters, except my mother and my sister. We all barrack for Essendon. Well, only a temporary setback, perhaps we might say, Neville, but we won't go into your football passions at the moment. Neville, what about school? Where did you go to school? In that area, went to Reservoir West Primary School, which is still standing and then on to Preston Technical College, which isn't. It was a TAFE for a little while, but then um, our father was a, a tradesman, and he felt that we didn't not only have to have an academic qualification, but also a technical one in case the academics didn't work. Very, very wise. I wish I'd done that, but I have trouble with a hammer and a nail. Uh, so uh, a very, very wise thought. But uh, we'll go into what uh, you did later in life. But just uh, still alluding to school, were you a, a sportsman at school? I had no choice. Back in those days, sport was compulsory and we did all sorts of things, the main ones being winter and summer sports of football and cricket. But we did also things like cycling, archery. Swimming was compulsory until you learned to swim, which was a good thing, I thought. So we didn't have all of the... Uh, the other sports like basketball and, and things of that kind, so we stuck to pretty much to the football and cricket. I'm fascinated, though, to hear that you did archery. Tell us a little bit about that. You could have been in the Olympic Games. Uh, possibly not. Uh, that was one of the most painful sports played. Uh, you see, if you don't 
fire that arrow off right, it twangs against your skin. And now I know why they have these guards on their arms, because that gives you an almighty uh, welt when uh, you don't get it right. I did it for one turn, thought it was a bit of fun, but I wanted to get a bit more back into the uh, the physical stuff, stuff like football. And uh, did you play football at school and then after school as well? I didn't start playing football until under 16s, which um, which was probably true for that era. And then I went on and played in uh, the Diamond Valley League, which was with Reservoir Lakeside. I tried out with Preston Football Club in the VFA. I was never going to uh, make a career out of football. But then I went and played in the Eastern Suburban Churches for the r- remainder of my football life. And what position did you play in? Always in the back line, uh, half-back, and trying to stop those uh, rascally little rovers. But, um, well, look, I played in three premierships in my years, so I was very happy. Uh, it's a great thing to be involved in team sports. A good thing to do, Neville, for the all-rounded man. And you went on to tertiary study. I did. I studied at RMIT University and qualified with a diploma in business studies with a minor in legal studies and computer science. Brilliant stuff. What was your favourite discipline? Well, it wasn't economics. I did enjoy sociology, actually, and that's probably helped me in the latter part of my career when I became a leader in the accounting firm that I was a partner in. But I did enjoy mathematics all the way through. I, I did enjoy spelling. So in terms of those literacy and numeracy talents, um, I always felt comfortable with those. And you've gone on to develop those especially well and bring that to Rotary. Neville, you married Rebecca, who I know plays such a major support role in your life and especially in this year as DG. Tell us a little bit about Rebecca and, uh, and your family. Well, that's an interesting story and one that everyone likes to hear once I've told it. Rebecca was born in the Philippines. At the young age of 18, her family let her come here under a nursing scholarship. And it wasn't until six years after she had arrived here that we even met through mutual friends. Once we did, we became closer and closer friends uh, and I plucked up the courage one day to go back and ask her parents for a hand in marriage which was a very daunting task, I must say. Ian and I hadn't been out of the country at that point in my life. So we got married at the age of 24. She was a little bit older than me, not much. But um, it was very different for me because I'd never really uh, engaged closely with uh, someone from another culture. And did you marry here or there? Well, here we had about 90 guests to our wedding if we had had it in the Philippines, there would have been about five or six hundred. So uh, we took the economic <laughs> option and uh, decided to have it here. Her folks came out. Um, we spent our honeymoon showing them around the state. How wonderful. Now, Neville, I know that you have a daughter uh, who is very involved in Rotary. And I don't know whether your son is any closer joining, but tell us about your daughter because she's very much part of your district 9800, is she not? Indeed. Katrina, or Kat as most people know her by, uh, she has uh, she showed a humanitarian heart from a very young age. And uh, whilst they've been exposed to my rotary life for a very long time, 
it really emerged when she was looking for something to do and as most young people do at that time and uh, Kat's now 30 so when she was in her 20s she was really looking for something to do and in uh, about three years ago there was um, a peace conference in Hiroshima and a group of young people from this district were invited to attend but they had to write a peace essay and she wrote one and was selected as one of ten to attend that conference in Japan and came back filled with the desire to want to do things and uh, she very quickly after that joined Melbourne Park Rotary. Which is a Rotary Club that is full of young, vibrant, bustling people, uh, a wonderful club. They are indeed. I really do enjoy their company and they're, they're expanding their wings out in the district now. We have uh, one of their past presidents, uh, under 30, and Nicole Lake, who is an assistant governor this year and uh, doing a marvellous job. And Neville, I suppose uh, it's timely that I ask you when you actually joined Rotary. You've obviously recruited the family, but uh, when did you yourself join Rotary? 1995. Um, I've always worked in the city until... I retired on, in 2002, but in 1995, I was invited by the then chief manager of Westpac Bank, and I've always regarded him as a, an honourable man, so it was an honour to be invited to join the club, notwithstanding I did not have a lot of time in my life then, Ian, uh, had a family, uh, I was managing partner of our practice, life was full. And what club did you initially join? Central Melbourne Sunrise, it's a breakfast club, as you could gather. Uh, we've dropped the Sunrise recently, so we're now Central Melbourne Rotary. And, uh, we meet at the RACV Club on a Tuesday morning, early enough to get us back in our office by 9 o'clock. So that, that was very appealing to me. And why Central Melbourne Sunrise or uh, Melbourne uh, Rotary? Well, it was convenient, as I said, for me to... Uh, attend club meetings and get involved with birds of a feather I guess you'd call them Uh, they were professionals, not all accountants like me but from a very diverse vocational uh, range I found them to be very friendly very quickly got to like uh, attending the meetings they like to have uh, good guest speakers that are interesting to listen to so I uh, I found it very easy to fit into that club and Central Melbourne Rotary has how many members? Right now, 48, building up to 60, they say. Uh, we want to build that back to around 60 to get the work done that we have. And is there a good mix of uh, professional backgrounds and gender in, uh, in your own club? Well, it tends to be what it is. Uh, we welcome anyone in our club, particularly if they have the same heart and values that we do, but all sorts of diversity when it comes to age, Uh, gender, ethnic background, uh, we are pretty much an eclectic group of people. Uh, I know from personal experience what a wonderful club Central Melbourne Rotary is. Neville, uh, tell us a little bit about the roles that you've had uh, both in your club and as you've started your district journey. Within the club, Ian, fundraising, secretary on two occasions, obviously didn't get it right the first time, Uh, International service, I was chair of that committee for some time. Um, Our new generations, later renamed Youth Services, I was involved in that committee. And then I was president in 2002-03, in the year 
of the theme Sowing the Seeds of Love, uh, which was a very interesting uh, year in terms of um, that theme. Um, beyond that, I applied to uh, be team leader for a group study exchange to Ireland and I was successful and in coming back from that, my appetite to give back to Rotary uh, grew tenfold. I felt that it was time for me to give more back to Rotary. Um, I needed to find the time. I, I did find some and so from that point on, in the district, I've been assistant governor, I've been youth service director, and then that led to being selected as a district governor, nominee, designate, and then nominee elect. And now here I am as district governor. A very auspicious road to the successful role that you now have. A man from this era is Neville John, who commenced in this district governor's role in July. Well, Neville, how has your start been this year? As always, it's a busy start to any governor's year, Ian, as we have club changeovers. Rebecca and I have visited 22 of those, um, the last of which was late July. And in mid-July, we started our official club visits. So I'm up to number 14 club visit now. And next week, we head up to Bendigo for the week, where we visit five clubs before coming back to Melbourne for some more back here. And how many clubs overall will you visit in the district? How many clubs does the district have? There are 67 clubs in all, so we've only got 53 to go. And as uh, someone said, oh golly, it's like climbing a big hill. You don't look up too often, you just keep your head down and keep going. But it's a great delight to uh, actually be invited by the clubs to hear what they're doing in their communities. And it's a great honour to be in the role that I am it's a, a wonderful effort, a very hard-working effort. Just tell our listeners where District 9800's boundaries are, roughly. Well, I can probably explain it better this way. If the artist Pro Heart grabbed a handful of paint and went splat, that's about where District 9800 would be. But seriously, if you take the sliver all the way up the Calder Freeway, from Melbourne through to Bendigo, picking up Dalesford, Gisborne, Kyneton, Castlemaine, Dalesford, into Bendigo and across to Echuca and Moama and Rochester. And then there's a whole bunch of clubs in the western suburbs all the way down to Wyndham and then across to the east, only as far as Chadston and Malvern and not very far to the north, only Brunswick, but 67 clubs in all. It's going to be a massive effort to cover them all. When do you actually finish that tour de force? The final club visit is on the 9th of December. So we will have a good spread, usually at the rate of three or four a week. And uh, Rebecca accompanies you on most of those visits? She will be at every one but, but one. She's, over, she's heading overseas shortly when we'll miss one meeting. But um, otherwise, she is very much wanting to be part of this year. It's a sterling effort Neville, you really should be commended uh, very fully on what you do and what all your predecessors have done in the role as District Governor. Neville, by now you will have obviously formed some clear ideas of what you want to prioritise in your year. What is your main focus and your aims for this 2016-17 uh, Rotary year? Your listeners may or may not know Ian that 
before presidents be, uh, become president, we have a president-elect training series. All the way through, we've stuck to the simple principle that we want every club to be stronger on 1 July 2017 than they were on 1 July 2016. That's a very simple principle, but we actually talked about how we're going to achieve that. And we're going to achieve it by working together in a vibrant, active clubs that engages its members with interesting projects and actively promotes what they do to their community. And I do believe in those instances that new members will come and existing ones will stay. So I think those common principles are going to be the driving force behind club success in the future and membership. And obviously gaining and uh, retaining members is vitally important. Um, if you had to prioritise what a club did uh, to do both of those things, to retain and gain, uh, what, what would you nominate? The word engagement. I think when an individual joins a Rotary Club, it's because of something interesting that they find about it. They eventually make some friends, and that, those friendships are partly the glue that keeps them there, but not all. And I think to, to keep people engaged in something that they enjoy doing by asking members, what would you like to do this year? I think uh, clubs are then going to succeed in ensuring that people stay in the club. So I think retention and also recruitment is about engagement. And it's especially important, is it not, Neville, for new members to be so engaged? Indeed. And we're actually giving some, the clubs some incentive to do that. And there's, in a certain period of time, we, we do have membership grants that we give clubs who gain four or more members in a certain period, and that money is for those new members to identify a community project of their choice to get engaged in. And in that way, they get started on their rotary journey by seeing and feeling and touching uh, project work in their community. Uh, Neville, uh, in terms of future activities uh, with Rotary International... What is your view on how Rotary International can contribute to make the organisation have even greater relevance in the world? It needs to contribute in the things that our communities want us to help them with. And they are pretty much common things like mental health, homelessness, family violence. These are issues that Rotary clubs are already playing a part in preventing through its very diverse vocational expertise, its experience and its wonderful networking. So it's those homegrown things, Ian, that I think that our communities will uh, welcome us for in the same way that we've done with the Eradicate Polio campaign, of which we're almost there. Uh, I think the world will see that Rotary, through its unique structure, has the ability to do almost anything. Neville, in previous interviews with the current Rotary International President, John Germ, and very recently with uh, our very own Australian Rotary International President-elect, Ian Risley, we have asked the same question. At the conclusion of your year, what would you like Rotarians in this district to say about your achievements and uh, those achievements being the achievements of District Governor, Neville John's District Governor's achievements. What would you like people to say about you? 
it's to hope, hope that they realise that every Rotary project starts with the idea of one person and that they are part of a network that takes those ideas, leverages them, develops them, turns them into projects that help change lives. I think if we see more that what we do is no small thing but a big thing, that everything we do means something, particularly to those that we help, then I think our members will have understood what the core of Rotary is all about in terms of our humanitarian service. Well, listeners, we're in fine hands, uh, as you can hear. As one of the, the many district governors around the world, Neville brings to the District 9800 very, very special skills and talents. And it's been a great pleasure to speak to you, Neville. Uh, I'm sure every Rotarian in District 9800 wishes you and Rebecca, who is your great supporter in the Tour de Force, as I like to call it, we wish you the very best of success in your Rotary year. More power to you, Neville. Thank you, Ian, and also thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. Other podcasts can be found on the Rotary Club of Canterbury website, www.canterburyrotary.org.